The Crossroads Videocast is here. Retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, and geek outs. All available when you pledge $10 or more a month to our Patreon account. Same show, just more of it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to play. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, death. Oh, death. Oh, death. up everybody welcome to supernatural the crossroads on rain man digital crossroads 003 we want to let you guys all know once again that we are no longer using the rain man digital app it has been discontinued but if you like those live show notifications just text rmd 69 of course 69 uh. to 50597 and you will receive a standard text message with uh, whenever a live Rain Man digital show is about to start, along with a link to where you can easily listen on any mobile device. We are here to talk about Supernatural Season 14, Episode 18, Absence, with only three episodes left of the penultimate season. Wow. Yes. That's a big fucking it's word, Thomas. Word. Are you trying to confuse me? I am. It's late. I'm tired. I'm, I'm sucking on some tea to wake <laughs> me up. sucking on what? Sucking on some tea. Some D? Some T. T. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to wake you up a little bit. Yeah. We had an episode written by our You might I, want to use a finger then. Oh. Oh, oh wow. shit. Sexually some RMD. This is Rain Man show stuff. <laughs> it'll wake I'm just saying, it'll, it'll wake, it'll me wake up. you up. So that it'll <laughs> perk me right up like <laughs> Nothing'll wake a man up like a finger in the what? Yeah. Anyway, we are talking about the latest from our, I think it's, we've obviously made it very well known, personal show fan favorite writer Robert Behrens has come back to the to the table, bringing along with him Nina Lopez Corrado for this, oh, wow, almost last episode. It's hard to believe that we're coming up right at the end in April. It doesn't feel right. No, it went by fast, too. It did. It really fucking did. Even if we went with the standard 23 episodes, it still went by fast. Yeah. And it's it's maybe it's because we unfortunately know the ending is coming. So time is is just playing tricks with us. Yeah. It feels long each week as we wait. But then when it gets here, we're already done a season. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, what it seems that's like. That's how it works. Yeah. Man. You wait all the time for the weekend and then the weekend's over in a blink of an eye. Yeah. But Robert Barron's brought us another episode filled with some very interesting introspective moments, some closure, 
some resolve, some sadness, and possibly some lead up to a season finale. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, a lot of different things going on here. Well, that's the that those are the questions that I had. Like, what does all this mean for the season finale? Because when you're yeah. getting this close to the end, nothing it needs to be building towards that. Yeah, nothing is just going to happen just to happen. Yeah. These things are going to matter in some way more than any other point in the show. Yeah. Truthfully. Yeah. And the biggest thing, the biggest element to this episode was, and I, I, unfortunately I was right. Mary is dead. Mary Winchester has sadly died a second time and making a crude joke. I did love how the door on her heaven had two different life. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. I laughed. <laughs> I laughed at that. I was like, wow, man, you know, I wonder how many times they did that. Uh, what would Dean and Sam finally go to heaven? Are they? Gonna, it'll be like a list of six, seven, like eight. Whole, the whole door is just going to be filled up with years. Yeah. But she unfortunately has passed on to the other side of the veil. She is in heaven and she is with John, we are told. She is now complete, according to the angel Duma. And it's it's a bittersweet send-off in many respects, both for the fans of the show, for... Samantha Smith is an actress, at least at the time it seems to be. And for the narrative, Sam and Dean, it's, it's bittersweet all around because, you know, how many people get to know exactly how happy a loved one is who's passed on? I mean, you don't often know, but nobody truthfully gets that. Even people with faith take it on faith. Yeah. So to know that would have to be a little bit comforting, I'd think. But at the same time, you're still without that person. You're still dealing with that loss. And it was an emotional episode. It really was. You know, uh, Nina Lopez Corrado took Baron's script and, and delivered an episode that was mostly a way to bring an emotional resolve to Mary's death. Because without some of the elements in this script, a lot of it, I think, would have fallen flat. Which is a shame to say, but we'll we'll delve into that a little bit later. But you kind of had to have that. To give her a proper send-off, you had to remind us, the audience, not just of who she was as like the character, Mary Winchester, that she's their mother, but all that she's done since, since she's been back. The lives she's touched, the people she's influenced, the impact she's had on Sam, Dean, Castiel, and even Jack. You know, she's been a big part of their lives in these last few years. But for the audience, you really do have to kind of bring that to the forefront in this episode. And I think Barons did a very good job and, and Nina Lopez Corrado brought it to life in a very effective way. Now, the, unfortunately, at what cost, though, and that is Jack. We've talked a lot about Jack's untested powers, him making a mistake, him being a, a child with his finger on a nuclear warhead, you know, throughout this entire season. And it really did come to a head here with Mary Winchester's death and the fallout from that both gave us some resolution to a couple questions we had about his current nature and, and him, whether or not he has a soul or how much of it is left because he's running from his guilt. It's very obvious. He's trying to find a way to put it back together to fix it which is strange because he's so distraught. You'd think he'd be able to do it if he focused, but he's just not in a good place right now. And we see that with, he doesn't even know what he's capable of doing. He doesn't. He He's two years old, three. Yeah. Two, two years old. And you know, we see that he is unstable 
throughout this episode. There's no book for him to read. There's no like Nephilim for Nephilim dummies. Nephilim and you. Yeah, there's no yeah, there's no <laughs> Nephilim for dummies book that he's going to be like, oh yeah, okay, that's how I should act. Sweet. Uh, you hear loud ringing in your ears. Make sure everyone stands away from you because you and might take suddenly kill them by accident. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight that part. Definitely want to make a note of that. Yeah. Don't. Am I allowed to scribble in this book? <laughs> I take some notes. <laughs> yeah, and it, it really is painful to watch a character that we've all grown to love that we know our characters have grown to love and to see the pain in which he's going through and the anguish of his actions it's it is tough but at the same time what better way to show that unease unsettled not right in the head moment than having lucifer manifest right in some way and when we have the claim that it was some subconscious thing, something within Jack's mind helping him divide and conquer this grief and this guilt and this anguish. But is that something we can depend on? Yeah, because it felt a lot like it felt a lot. It felt very manipulative yes. to be something simply made up by the mind of a boy and, that and is naive. Someone as naive as Jack. I have a very hard time believing that he has this entire subconscious that knows the inner workings and and unless is that in tune to his personal emotions and and the nature of humankind and the Winchesters as a whole. Yeah, it felt far more nefarious. Oh, absolutely. Now, I guess it could work if they're going to make a statement about Jack without a soul maybe without his soul the the more evil manipulative side comes out because he is the spawn of lucifer his more base nature so maybe there's something within his subconscious that is manipulative and that's what has been manifest now in in the image of lucifer but does that undo some of what we've seen of jack from season 13 and all the way up until his death in this very season yeah. If his more base nature is the, is personified as Lucifer-esque. Yeah, which I'm I'm going to go against that, even though yeah. I just stated that. The reason why is because Kaz made a very um, firm statement yes. saying that, oh, and I fucking loved it. It was one of the best lines in this, in this episode. He said, Jack isn't bad. What he's struggling with is the absence of goodness. Yeah. So... I don't think Barons would contradict himself that way. Right. If he's making a firm statement that Jack is good, then why would there be something evil wrestling inside of him or, that would create this manifestation? Or did something, did Lucifer slip through more than we believe? Or something else entirely. Or is the cosmic entity just, just being a fuck? Yeah. We'll have to find out. But, you know, you brought up Cass and he... Misha Collins did a great job this week. I thought he had he was a the very emotionally demanding, emotionally powerful presence this episode, you know, having to come to terms with the decision to put your trust in this untested, unpredictable, powerful entity and have all the faith in the world and then loot and then see that not come to fruition, see the pain that can come from misunderstanding especially with jack being i i want to say it was Kaz's redemption mm-hmm. that he got he one was. he got one right i put all i i didn't screw this one up 
Yeah. That was the sentiment. And then you see it fall apart yep. in front of you. That's painful. That is some, yeah. Castiel, somebody who has been going through trying to correct mistakes since his introduction. And Jack seemed like the slam dunk. I finally got one. You know, yep. there's very much that parentage. I may not be the best person, but I know I did something right with this kid. And then you see that kid let you down. And that's very, very hard to look at. Yeah. And he now represents the greatest threat they've ever faced, perhaps. Yeah, possibly. And it was just a very emotional episode. But at the same time, not a lot of story. The the narrative didn't progress as much. There was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of we ran over here, we ran over there. We're just kind of focused this entire episode on one quick moment truthfully that the mary died let's fix it in a half hour kind of vibe yeah it almost felt like barons was tasked to do a bit of like emotional patchwork in this episode to i guess justify or reaffirm so that we can get over that narrative bump much like we were talking during our pre-show that's available on patreon it's hey we're running out of gas running out of gas what do we do well let's do this Okay, well, thank you guys. You just stuck me with the aftermath of dealing with Mary's death. How do, how am I going to do this? Because Mary has been MIA for most of the season. Yeah. How do I create this emotional impact besides through the obvious? Throwing I have everything. to show you the scenes that weren't there. Right. Because the go-to these days is just to throw it all on the acting of Jensen and Jared. But you can't always do that. You have right. to also rely on your story. And I felt like Barron's did a great job creating that emotional patchwork and making this episode matter. Because if they didn't do it the way they did with Mary, her death would have mattered. We'd be like, wait, what? what? Yeah. Like, she's dead and we didn't even and see her it? this season. We didn't even see her this season. Yeah, like three episodes maybe. Yeah, so Barron's was, was doing some 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 fabulous work, man. He was... And no small task. Bobbing and weaving. <laughs> No small task to do that. No. Hey, let's give some... You're dealing with a major character death. Also, we haven't characterized her very well this season. Mm -hmm. Best of luck, kid. You got it. Yeah. That is quite the fucking tall order to know, you know, not a dig against any other writer in the room, but I I don't know how many could have pulled it off quite like Barron's. Yeah. He got the short straw. Oh, yeah. And he's like, motherfucker. Yeah, well, he wasn't the only one because Nina Lopez Corrado had to bring this vision to life. It's one thing to write the script. It's another thing to get this performance, get these elements and and put it together in an episode that works. And she did a and really good job. It's probably one of her best Easily. on the show. Easily. It had her last one was what? Funeralia? Yeah, I believe. Yeah. With, with a great episode for Rowena, some some very nice cinematography a very painful episode for that character and it helped us it helped her grieve it was a really big turning point for that character it was a huge emotional moment so she did a great job here once again having to deliver on emotional resonance a lot of emotional fallout there's grief anger despair and how do we come to terms with some of that and, but it wasn't just like a uh, a broad brush of no, grief. That's no. why I liked Funeralia and I also liked what she did with this episode because it was it was trying to understand and make sense of the complexities of grief. And that's what they did so well in Funeralia. Funeralia? Yeah. Funeralia? Funeralia. Yeah. What am I, you? Funer- I think so. Funeralia. <laughs> I'm going to get it right eventually. I'm going <laughs> to cut this out. You've been doing too much Star Wars And place lately. it right in. <laughs> 
there was a similar style to this episode. It wasn't just, hey, everyone's sad. They took that grief and they dissected it. And that was the bulk of this episode. Well, it's not just grief. It was it's regret. Yep. Guilt. Biggest thing, guilt and regret. You know, Rowena felt so much guilt and regret over how she lived her life and treated her son to the point where it drove her to seek new levels of power and confront death itself to try and bring him back because she felt so terrible. And we do have many of those same tone, much of that same tone in this episode with Sam and Dean, primarily in their response to how they've handled Jack. And, you know, while this, that's the biggest thing is while this episode may have had a little bit of a lack of obvious story progression, we had the, the immediate half hour after the previous episode, Mm -hmm. we did have an episode that made our heroes ask some tough questions. Should we have known there would be consequences when playing with fire? Should we have known that this kind of thing could have happened when we took on Jack as our responsibility? You know, the, the one burning question buried below the surface of this narrative is really what makes this episode stand out in a way that Barons and a small few are truly able to bring to the table. And it's, it's more beyond Barons wants us to forget the obvious and focus on what's truly going on. And the fact of the matter is it's not about Mary's death. It sucks. That does suck. And the fans are going to be sad And the brothers are obviously devastated. But the truth of the matter is they allowed it to happen. When you really go down to what the series of events, they allowed a ticking time bomb to just hang out. Yeah. And because of their lifestyle, because of how they view the world, because they're not qualified, like like no one is when you first start out to be qualified as a parent, there's a lot of fuck ups. But when you have fuck ups, on something this monumental, this powerful, that that can burn you very, very badly. You know, for many years now, they've been playing with the idea of cosmic consequences. This is something that we have talked about since Billy was introduced. That if you keep fucking with the world, then there's going to be some ramifications for that. And... They had with Billy's death, we thought at first it might be all over. But now that it shows that she came back as death, she knows far more and she knows how important they are. And yet she still allows them kind of free reign. It felt like for a long time that they could do no wrong. But I think really now we're getting to the crux of what may be the ultimate, the the final discussion for this show is there's fucking consequences to some of the things that you have done that you can't predict. There are consequences. You cannot just do these things. You may think that you're doing some good, but at what cost? This has been something that Zachariah brought up to them way back, shirking destiny, and you don't realize what you're doing. And it was played through with Gamble's run, and it came through immensely in Carver's run. And now we're kind of finally having to face those consequences because there's nowhere else to run. Well, and that's something that we really liked when they set up that whole idea dealing with the cosmic consequences. And hey, listen, the Sam and Dean are going to have to come face to face with the decisions they have made. 
and they did kind of let that die out. And I know we were very disappointed that they kind of let that go. Yeah. And, and we understand why, you know, their, their decision to bring Billy in as a Reaper and seeing the bigger picture and understanding now the importance of Sam and Dean. But those consequences, that was something that I felt they really have. They could have really gone the distance with that theme. That could have yeah. been the theme that governed all of Dab's run. It should kind of should have these been. last three seasons because Carver set it up for him before he left. Yeah, it was season 11 when he set that up. He teed him up. He's all here you go. This is your theme. And I feel like if he would have stayed with that, kept his same story that he, he they worked with, but had that consequence as a theme, it really would have helped his season stay more consistent and and tighter. And I love that Barron's in a lot of ways is brought that back to light in this episode. As you mentioned, the fact that they have to deal with the fact that Jack is around because of them. Yeah. Deliberately because of them. I mean, the, the idea that you have two guys that are doing a lot of good, but are essentially knocking over cosmic level hornet's nests was an interesting philosophical look into the Winchester's actions. It was something, as I said, Carver had initiated with the imbalance of or disruption of the natural order. Well, I mean, again, we've been, this has been a thing since Zachariah first mentioned it, but let's, let's take a quick, let's take a quick poll at to some of the things they fucking done. Uh, unleashed Lucifer, pretty big fucking deal. Averted a predetermined apocalypse, killed death itself, came back repeatedly from death, unleashed the cosmic, you know, coin to menace, the cosmic menace, the, the cosmic other side of the coin to God, the darkness on an un like an unready world. They raised a Nephilim and the child of Lucifer. They have split, made a schism in reality and opened the door to multiple different dimensions to name a few. That's not everything. No, that's no Leviathans. That's not the fall of angels. That is not trying to kill the sisters of fate and undo time itself. At one point, that is just a few things. The key, the highlights, but you're right. These are extraordinary heroes, but they are mere mortals and they are messing with things that they truly do not understand. They are, it's like a fireman. They are chopping through the door yeah. to save one person, not realizing what they are sacrificing. They're, they're taking out the support beam to the house to save somebody <laughs> while the whole second floor crumbles beneath or above them now. Yeah. And it, and it causes untold damage. And before the show ends, there should truthfully, there should be some sort of comeuppance. There has to be every hero in every story worth telling makes decisions and the event, the reactions and the events that fall from those decisions have consequences and they have to deal with them, whether it's good or bad. There are some of the greatest stories are about that, that while trying to do the right thing, something bad happened and you have to face it. You have to own up to it. And the thing is, you know, we've, we've had some of this discussion before. You know, some people might say that Sam and Dean have already asked themselves and they these have questions a couple seasons ago, I believe. Yeah. How much good are we really doing? But we're talking about the consequences of being a hero, making the hard decisions and now dealing with the aftermath of that. Yes, sometimes people die like Maggie and the other hunters. That's not so much a decision you made by having them come over and 
come to your world. Those people probably would have died if left behind in the other world. It's not the people you couldn't save just by being too late or or not fast enough. It's all the events that come from the decisions you made that they can. I mean, they they had this way back. I think it was season five where the ghosts of uh, original. What's her name? Meg. Yep. Original Meg and the cop Victor, who was a, I loved his whole character from season two. Yeah. And all those people haunting them for a moment and telling them I'm dead because of you. And Mary's now in that camp. Truthfully, she is. Yeah. And truly Jack is the personification of all that they have done. He is an embodiment of good attempts Jack, until recently, had been such a good person. Like the Winchesters, he even says it, I am a Winchester. He's trying to do the right thing. But like them, it comes at a cost, and they have fucked a lot of things up. Jack trying to save people has killed others. And so where do we draw this line? Jack could be that blinding fucking reminder that they have things to answer for. Yeah, and... I have no doubt that that's exactly what Barons was trying to do with this episode. He was trying to drive home the point of guilt, regret, and consequence. I mean, why else have all three of the main characters talk about how they could have and should have seen this coming? Yes, and whether or not showrunner Andrew Dabb chooses to continue what Barons started this week remains to be seen. Okay, however, he would be fucking smart to keep (laughs) that... You know, as you're close, as you're closing, as you're closing in on the season finale, it would be really smart to keep that as your theme, maybe even use that to connect to your final season there. That's why the cosmic consequence issue always resonated with me, because that is Shakespearean. The fact Mm -hmm. that you are a hero and you are good, but with every decision there are consequences and sometimes those consequences aren't pretty. So if we take those consequences and put them in front of our heroes and they have to look at them, it just creates an awesome introspective. And that was the point of this episode. That was the strength of this episode. And I feel like they have to continue that. Imagine if, if the next and, and final seasons obstacles whether they be tangible or intangible, are nothing more, Thomas, Mm -hmm. nothing more than a byproduct of everything Sam and Dean have done. It would be an amazing introspective and fantastic way to send up our characters. Well, I mean, truthfully, wouldn't that make sense with the whole show? It really would. It starts out with two people trying to find their dad and save some people, saving people, hunting things, the whole family business. And what bled from that, what what spiraled from trying to keep saving one more person and do one more right thing and and keep going, they resulted in the apocalypse coming about and being averted, but that led to something else and that led to something else and that led to something else. And only by the time do we get to the end of the road can we turn around and see the destruction we've made in our wake. And while there are people who can say, I'm alive because of you, there are also people that can say, I'm dead because of you. Yeah, And I think with characters on this monumental scale, Sam and Dean, while we love them, are not memor- remembered like other heroes of yore. You know, like they're not ones that are talked about in history cl- or in, in philosophy classes, although frankly, they probably should be at this point. But how many 
look back truthfully and and count up the death toll and what they're responsible for. And and like you said, that Shakespearean ending, and, and it kind of still fits in with Ryan's ending, that one of you has to take yeah. charge of what happens in heaven now and the other's in hell because you guys undid so much of what was in place. It would build yeah. the proper suspense for a final comeuppance. You have to answer for this. It's not about stopping the universe from falling apart. It's not about Lucifer. It's not about saving one more person. It's about what you have done and answering to that. Because knowing everyone that they have pissed off throughout their run, the imbalance they have brought to not just their own, but multiple universes at this point, and the cosmos as a whole, it's about time it came back to them. You know, an enemy of their own making. That is truly, like you said, Shakespearean. Whether that is... Jack, you know, having to kill your darlings, put down something that you love that breaks your heart and is an embodiment of all you hoped to be and all your failures at the same time. Or a more metaphysical level where we have to fight the cosmic entity that the universe itself is upset at you for all you've done. Yeah. And we're not, that's some, that is series ending shit. Yeah. And and I want to make it clear, Thomas, you know, to the listeners that we're not labeling Sam and Dean as fuck ups because I know, because I know anytime we get into the, (laughs) to, to, uh, that's not what we're saying. No, we're saying that I'm not even saying they're in the wrong. I'm saying, pose those questions, have guilt, regret, and consequence as your foundation leading into, next season and that's the thing too. and then present questions that's what tv shows do it doesn't mean those questions will prove true have our heroes prove it untrue yeah i mean team free will is all about sure bucking what is expected of them and the thing is too it's not trying to dig on sam and dean it's saying they have done a lot of things there's no way around it but is that a price worth paying? Has the good outweighed the bad? These, Like you said, these are moral questions, philosophical questions that characters and narrative and story are supposed to help us sift through. Yeah. Is saving one innocent person worth the lives of others? Well, look at um, – look, look at the decision. We'll just take – we'll tackle another decision that's 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 looming – because the consequence of that decision is looming over us right now in, the, in this season. For example, <laughs> let's take this situation of heaven. If Dean didn't, if Sam didn't choose Dean, mm-hmm. the darkness would not have been unleashed. If Dean and Sam, I should say, if Dean and Sam didn't choose each other, the darkness would not have been unleashed on the world. Right. Heaven would not have been depleted of all of its angels. Yeah. And heaven would not be in the position that it is in now currently and dropping all these souls down to earth, leaving them to do God knows what. So these are issues like it's these are things that they have set in motion. There's consequences to that. It would only make sense that in the final season we deal with those. Not only would it just, again, create fantastic narrative symbolism, but also it would tidy up any potential loose ends that has been that has ran stray mm-hmm. all over the place over the past 15 you know 14 seasons it would be a great way a built-in way into your myth arc to wrap things up and the thing is too it's it wouldn't just be for sam and dean truthfully 
I mean, you can apply this to Castiel as well. Absolutely. Castiel has been directly responsible for some of the decimation of the host of heaven. Half of its, all of its angels are probably dead as a result, exactly. if not his own actions as Leviathan Cass in the war against Raphael. Exactly. So Castiel other, killed one half and <laughs> Sam and Dean killed the another. <laughs> like, we love these characters, but they have had some major repercussions. And it's not about fault. It, it, here's the thing. It's not so much about it's you're an evil it goes person. Right back to that. Exactly. There's a difference between you're malicious and there are consequences to your actions. And that Dean and Cass and Sam have always tried to do the right thing. But look at what has happened for the people they've saved. There have also been those who have suffered. You could easily use this narrative symbolism, tying everything up with Castiel's story as well. And we go hand in hand. It would work. You know, and, and it's it's very obvious in Baron's script. The emotions are already there. The the concepts of questions of blaming themselves are already in place. This entire week was, Cass, it's your fault. No, it's my fault, says Sam. No, I should have known as well, said Dean. Everyone should have known at some point. Especially since this episode felt like, you know, it, it, this episode, while it had those elements, it, you're right. We mentioned it on the pre-show that we felt like the season has kind of gone where it runs out of gas and then it needs to do something to fill up the tank and get us firing back on the track again. And this episode really was a little bit of that soft reboot to set the stage for the next little bit, the final two episodes and then the next season rather than being this seamless transition that where we would have said, okay, I can clearly see how one thing led to another and this has all been building upon each other since about maybe the halfway point. Yeah. There was this, there was a purposeful jarring effect in tone here. It, it really did shake us up a bit and it does reset the table. It, it does set things into place. All the fork goes here. The knife goes there spoon, you know, off to the side to get everything in place for two oh, episodes left. You need to take left. some etiquette lessons. Dude. I don't think that was right. The, the, for, there's three forks on the left. And then there's a spoon and a knife on the right. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Is that right? For real? I know some of that's right. I don't know if there's multiple spoons. It depends on your course. You know what I do when I go to nice restaurants? I just knock all the silverware off (laughs) so I don't look stupid. (laughs) Don't eat with my hands. (laughs) Sir, this is soup. Yeah, no, it's okay. I got it. (laughs) I I eat like I eat at a fancy restaurant like Dad writes. When I don't like something, I just knock it all off the table. (laughs) And then you go shame eat in the closet. Yeah. Can I, can I eat under the tablecloth? I don't understand this. <laughs> I'm just going to knock it off the table. What is this? You handed it to me, Ben. I don't understand. <laughs> goddamn. Oh, man. Goddamn rooms filled with pretentious writers. I think they're Sir, smarter than chilies. me. Oh, my bad. I have uh, the Austin Blossom, please. <laughs> wow, shit. And just like shame eating. Let's take that guilt, let's take that regret that we are all feeling with this episode and build on it. Let, let's not, the reboots, these little soft reboots throughout have kind of worked for the purpose they've needed to be here for this season. But let's try and not do that anymore. Let's try and take this and just turn it up to 11 and run with it to the very end of the show. You know, don't introduce any other villains. I know that's kind of, at least before the end of the season, say, right? At least before the end of the season. I think at this point we move into season 15 
with Jack and these questions and the the people that are still left on the playing field and answering some moral philosophical debate it should be the primary focus. Don't introduce anything new before the end of the season. Don't have, you know, one more rip in reality so that Lucifer or another Michael can come through at the end. Let's use everything that we have and keep it all nice and tidy and allow the writers to tie up all of this and put a nice little bowstring on not only Dab's last three seasons and eventually four at this rate, but the show as a whole. I, I think it's anything that's introduced now wouldn't quite get the justification it needs. And there's a lot of questions to be answered that I think would have that emotional resonance would give us a proper send off. You know? Yep. I agree. So we'll see with that. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into more of philosophical debate on this intellectual episode of supernatural, the crossroads. Hmm. <laughs> pretentious people. <laughs> Where's that awesome blossom? That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you guys get free refills, hey? Holodeck 3 program is reinstated. Open sesame! The fall of communism and the dissolution of the Soviet Union. And of course, DS9 using elements of the Cold War to continue that political thought and bring in the idea of occupation, which was also very closely related to the events that took place in the 80s uh, with the Soviets and the Middle East. Uh, This is what Star Trek does and has always done so well. Even when you look at the original series, despite there being a growing trend to talk trash about its politics, the politics at that time were still progressive, though. So you can say all you want about the 60s version of the original series and how the politics, you know, are are shameful at, at moments. But at that time, that social commentary was very, very progressive. We have just evolved more since then. Yeah. So Star Trek has always been about that. Star Trek from the Holodeck, exclusively on Rain Man Digital. End simulation. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Hey, Thomas, Raina in the Invasion Force is asking where she can listen to the show because the app's not working. Is she new? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mean. Is Raina new? No, like, she knows better. She, she wants to be inducted into the super fan, Rain Man super fan. Well, I think fan. she's just literally just, that's her no. But, but I've literally told people, like for the past, what, month now, that the yeah. app is no longer going to be a thing. To go where? The website. And? You can also get on uh, Stitcher and iTunes and all that. Oh, not live, live, not live. Tune in. T- tune in. Tune in. Blog talk? No, that's an old one. That's an old I'm one. giving Jesus. shit to Raina, and the actual co-host of the show still doesn't go know. Website, well, hold on, hold on. I hold just on. go to Blog What's Talk. What's the Arabia. website again? We haven't used Blog Talk in five years. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. 
Free stuff is awesome. But free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. The entire childhood aspect. Angst teen. Because you never make a scene in a, in a grocery store or when there are friends over. It's no. when they leave. You're like, oh, you're going to get it now. Yeah. <laughs> like you let everyone think everything's okay. Is that her lack of being there as a parent that has yeah, she suffered for that? <laughs> she, she wasn't really a parent. She never really well, raised kids. She doesn't have an experience. You know, and I couldn't help but feel a little bit like, eh, it's a bit hypocritical. You've murked how many people? Over the years, yeah, that's true. Sam and Dean alone have a death count of a small, but you know, but ecological it, disaster. <laughs> but it comes down to how he did it. I think that's what her that point is was. true. It is. He said the way he did it was it was a slow, painful death. Argument sake, I don't remember that Rougarou in season twelve having a great time with that microwave machine. Well, she was having a great time with Catch. She just she was you know so like, as turned as her on. As long as you're getting horny out of it, yeah. it's okay. It was part of the foreplay. Tom, don't hate on foreplay again. Tom, the knife play is that what it is? It's a little dangerous, but it's exciting. It's Rougarou play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back, and now we're going to be talking a little bit more to to further reinforce. This is basically a thesis statement, this episode. It really is. Based on what Barron's provided, where we're at in the narrative, and what we have left, this is a thesis in our our dissertation (laughs) as to what we hope is the beginning of a theme or narrative direction that will lead us into season 15 and the end of the show as a whole. And... We talked a lot about guilt and ramifications in this episode, and I think beyond just the obvious with Jack and Sam and Dean, you know, the other thing, too, is one of those loose ends that we've touched on that hasn't really been dealt with since season 13's end, and that's Heaven's entire fucked up issue and how they are still so livid at Castiel. And, you know, to, to be honest, this isn't something new. They've been pissed at Castiel since he betrayed heaven at the end of season four. Honestly, he's had a couple of times in the limelight, but since then he's had more enemies up there than friends. But at this point, you got to ask, why are they reminding us that they don't want Castiel in heaven? Yeah, because we know that we, we know that. And last season he was in heaven. Yeah. Talking, having a civil discussion Mm -hmm. with Naomi so I'm not saying all was forgiven, but he they didn't treat him like 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 shit. Right. Whereas this episode, they they they're they, like you fucking asshole. Yes, again. they reminded us that heaven is not okay with Castile, and that's what we are talking about. This whole thing about we're furthering or strengthening our thoughts on 
on what we hope is the beginning of a new theme or narrative direction because they're reminding us of things. I mean, when you look at it, we already know. When you really look at it, Dean and Sam are the sluts that took Castiel away and made it a home wrecker. Yes. Because whenever he shows up, Duma, Naomi, Joshua, Bartholomew, whoever was Sam in charge. Sam and Dean is Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And Heaven is Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston. You left. And Kaz is Brad Pitt. Exactly. You left with those skank Winchesters. Yeah. And everything fell apart. I can't make the payments. The whole house is coming down. What about your kids? You got to feed your kids. You leave them here. Exactly. That's pretty much what happened. No known address. So I can't sue your ass for child support. <laughs> Fuck you, Castiel. Broke my heart. Took my children. <laughs> I don't know that's, what voice that's that is. 100% true, though. <laughs> like, that is a very much a caricature. But that is kind of where we are. They see him. And look at how they react. To Castiel. Look at Duma's reaction alone. This fucking eye roll. God damn it. What are you doing here? The fuck you coming back to this house for? They know that he is so much a, a cause of so much pain for them. One way or another. And again, trying to do the right thing, but it has had con- consequences. Asking that question of Castiel, have you really not learned your lesson? Why are you trying to bring Mary back again? She's happy. Leave her alone. Leave well enough alone. And what is he doing again? He's disrupting the order of things. That's, again, coming right back with those consequences and not learning from them. Like You, you would think by now you would learn not to bring people back from the dead. Especially continually. Because, especially because as an angel, Castiel, prior to meeting the Winchesters, would never disrupt heaven that much to save one soul who's already died. And we get it. We understand why he wants to. He yeah. Because of why? Because he feels guilt. Guilty. He feels regret. Yeah. That's the point. That's the theme of this episode. And it's all coming right back. Everything was governed by that. And again, doubling down on what we're discussing and breaking down, it goes right back to the disruption of the natural order of thing and order of things and the consequences that follow. I mean, Duma, the way she said, um, why don't you leave her alone? It was very telling. She's happy and complete. Yeah, that's a very interesting choice of words. Yeah. Too, because when you when you think about it, who says complete? Truthfully, like there's I say always, that when I'm done having sex. I am like, complete. Complete. <laughs> that's all I say. It's very sterile and it's I have a very sterile sterile and robotic love life. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like complete. Like <gasps> you, your data from Star Trek? Pretty much. <laughs> Okay, I was going to make some joke, but I'm not going to go there. The whole thing, though, is that while Mary was on Earth, she was always like chasing something, whether it was she didn't feel at home. Her kids grew up overnight and she didn't even realize what the fuck had happened at first. She was looking for that hunting life, looking for that escape like Dean when he's not happy, constantly just going to the next hunt, never really content. And while she was kind of getting there by the end of this season when Duma says she is complete, she's happy. That's a big thing, not just for us, which it was nice that they let us know that she's happy, that she is in heaven, you know, that that she's okay, she's with John. Let it be 
I feel like the writers were telling us this is the end for Mary. Yeah. Like they were letting us know, hey, listen, guys, she's done. Like she, because remember, I had doubts last, yeah, last week. And they felt like me. this was the writers helping us understand that she has, she has gone. She's done for the time being. But at the same time, they wanted to give us that closure that we need that for a character off. like that, like this. And I feel like those words, happy and complete, were a way to give us that resolve and acceptance that Mary is okay and that she's okay with being dead. She's happy and complete, not unaware. Mm -hmm. It was very specific. And I felt like it was, I felt like it was a good writing decision on Baron's part to choose those specific words. I agree. I think because it allows us to say, to ask the question ourselves, if you heard that the person you desperately wanted back was happy and complete and complete. Are I, you doing any good trying to bring them back into a painful situation? Yeah, I wouldn't disrupt them. Or should you just, frankly, should you grow up and let them be? And also we got to remember that she's, she hasn't been, she hasn't wanted to be around for a Not while. Not truthfully. She feels out of place. When you I think mean, about it, we she even have that in Castile's flashback with her. I haven't been back that long. Yeah. There's a lot to understand. Yeah. It feels weird. And being in heaven with John, that's that's the life she understands. It makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. So what good would you do at that point? I think that is where we get to the philosophical question of, yes, you want to save that one person. You want to save Mary from a second unjust premature death. But at what cost? You know, and it, bringing it back to Sam and Dean, they feel responsible not just for they they feel responsible for jack and they do feel responsible for mary but i think knowing what castile said that she's happy and content is the only reason they didn't i mean dean earlier says we do what we always do we try and bring him back which to me the whole time i'm like Whoa, okay that's probably not a good idea dude that's your grief talking but after hearing what castile said they accept the hunter death you know that they had part in Jack's doing of this. They were partly responsible for Jack, which led to Mary's death. And they're kind of accepting those consequences. You know, Sam says that after the death of Maggie and the other hunters from, you know, black and white world, he basically like an absentee parent handed Jack off to Castiel and said, Hey, take care of this. I can't deal with this right now, which I think is something that's very relatable too. I did like that touch. Yeah that whether it's postpartum depression or just your own issues in life, sometimes as a parent, you hand a kid off to the other spouse, to a family member, to a friend and just say, I need, I can't handle this right now. And that was Sam. And in many ways, Dean was in a very similar place, you know, consumed with the obvious personal issues, trying to deal with Michael, not being able to focus on anybody else. So he had to deal with himself. That's not, that's not being there. For somebody that's not seeing obvious signs when someone's struggling, that's self-centered. So are they partly to to blame? Especially again when they when you look at their lifestyle of yeah, let's hunt and let's do these things. Anybody would have thought if Jack was a normal two year old, he'd be nowhere near that fucking life. But because of his power, they're like, oh, he'll be okay. There's some blame there. Yeah. You know, not trying to blame them, but there is some. But, but that's the point. In if fact, they were, if he was a fucking two year old, he, they wouldn't have been doing the same things they did. Yeah. 
they would they would have they just wouldn't so were you wrong in putting him in this situation that could have led to something far worse you know and this whole bit this whole point is that it is that nice little soft reboot to re to, to close out part of it and reassess the states and and set us up as we move right into the season finale and ultimately season 15 Baron's arranged these emotional aspects of the story so far and gave us the audience and our characters to a much more important extent. Yeah. Something to think about as we move forward. And honestly, that's what this season and dab seasons have been lacking. It's the, the introspective of our characters questioning their own actions. Are we doing the right thing? Carver did a lot dealing with those types of emotional issues. And, and if it was, they were brought on by themselves or or dealing with the aftermath of tragedy, there's always been questions that were posed for our characters. Well, season two, even with Kripke, one of my favorite episodes, what is and what never should be Dean asking, you know, why is it always us? Haven't we sacrificed enough? You know, these questions of when is it okay to be selfish and put up, hang up the guns, you know, or should they continue to move forward? At that time, the answer was, you know, you got to do what you can. But at this point, after a decade, we're asking, okay, but at what point do you stop realistically? Story isn't always obvious story progression. Yes. And I feel like a lot of people, whether they be TV writers or movie writers, they forget that. And they're yeah. very quick to move on. Like, all right, A to B to C to D. All right, we're done, boys. Wrap it up. Yeah. It's martini shot time. Let's go drink. <laughs> but Baron's bringing the introspective back this week is what Supernatural is about in many ways. Asking questions and and putting that mirror up to our characters. Making them look at themselves and question their actions. Which all of them did that this week. All of them. Yeah. That's what the strength of this episode was. And we can only hope that Dab will run with these thoughts. The, the very nice soft reboot emotional reboot at least yeah that dab you know dazzled us or i'm sorry barons dazzled us with, with this yeah. season that's how you say it jesus <laughs> i was stuck on stupid yeah now at this point we've discussed the parts that dean sam and Cass have played in making decisions that aren't always the best but you know, a lot of that's been dealing with the hand that has been dealt to them and in many ways Jack is doing the same or you could say the same about how he's made decisions. His decision to burn through his soul and kill Michael was truthfully no different than what Sam and Dean would have done if they had the power to do so. Yeah. That they think, I mean, for Christ's sake, every reference, every decision they've made is they think with their hearts first and their brains second. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in the heat of the moment, that is what they do. Even Sam, who we like to think of as, you know, the smart one or the more, analytical calculative maybe calculative of the group he's the same way yeah and because of that jack must also deal with the consequences of his actions not just to the death of mary but what is left of himself he can't go home at least in his mind right now yeah his perception is that he can no longer go home he has lost his family and in one mistake he has lost everyone And his feelings, whether or not they are true guilt 
or simply him remembering what guilt feels like is, you know, hallucination. Hallucifer said. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that there one. There you go. As Hallucifer said, he's got to deal with the aftermath. It's not just he hurt someone, but it's, it's and killed somebody and Mary himself, but it, it it's his relationships to Dean, his relationship to Sam, for him. his relationship to Castiel. Can he ever go back? You know, and the question too is if they are family, if he is their son, as they have said, you would think that you can come back from that. If he it's were to get his soul back, if he were to get his soul back, I can see the healing yeah. happening. But where he's at right now, there's no way. How much is left? You know? Yeah. And the thing is, Hallucifer was very interesting in this episode, not only because it's Jack's personification. If it is truly Jack's personification of the darker nature within him, Mm -hmm. that it is his greatest fear being like his father. Right. I did kind of like that. Mm -hmm. But that wants him to think all these terrible, evil things. But the truth is, Jack isn't evil. Nor has he lost all of his soul. That's been a question for uh, since Ouroboros now. But I think it's very obvious. If he had, he would not have given a fuck. Nope. Truthfully. He would not be racked with grief. He would not be trying to bring Mary back. On the ground. I mean, that was sad. That was he fucking sad. He was curled sad. up in a ball Fetal in the position. ground. Yeah, he, if he lost all of his soul, he, he would not be like that. Soulless Sam was never like nope, that. Donatello's was, not like that. Yeah. It's just more of a the ones we saw in season 11 who lost their soul. It's just more of an absence of, huh? Well, that sucks. All right. Like that would have been it. Yeah. So we know he's not completely gone. It's not just from what we saw, but it's like, it's also what you said with Castiel, that, that good line in this, he's not bad, but there's an absence of good. You know, he's broken. Yeah. How do we fix that? Can we fix that? Does God come back into play? to try and fix that because because it will it it might come back i feel later. i do i feel like i feel like that's an interesting statement that castiel made because i feel like it's going to come back that once, statement yes once sam and castiel and dean have to confront jack it will be that much more of a heartbreaking moment because he he's gonna isn't, fall apart dude. he isn't bad there's just the absence of good. He has that 5% of his soul hanging on. Yeah. A whisper. And it's sad because he's, you know, the thing is we've talked about him being this Anakin and doing the, doing evil for the right reasons or something like that and thinking he's doing good, but it's, it truly is more sad and tragic than that because he can't control it. He's unable to decipher right from wrong. He's unable to decipher how to undo things. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything. And he's been burdened with this amazing power. And it's going to be heart wrenching to see him fall apart. I mean, cause his only real crime is that he's unnaturally powerful. Yeah. And he's spiraling out of control. Is that his fault? Yeah. Or is it Sam and Dean and Cass even? We put you in a situation that was not healthy and not good, and we expected you to just be okay yeah. because you look 20, even though you're two. Is that – who's the fault on for that? 
Mm-hmm. And as a parent, as the parent narrative comes through, would you not blame yourself? Oh, yeah. Not even question. No question. Yeah. So shouldn't they? As, and that's the thing is I, I, I think that'll be an emotionally gut punch season finale. Yeah. Because that is what we're leading towards, that confrontation. And the truth is that it's their fault. Whether or not we like that, it's it's sad. But these are the kind of emotional stories that we want to hear. You know, but the thing is, it's not going to be good. No. <laughs> like, like, ultimately, it's not going to be good. Jack, even kind of half listening to Hallucifer, yeah. is not good when we go from i'm a winchester to i can't trust the winchesters i mean right there anybody who knows them in their right mind should say no this is how i know i'm wrong there's something wrong i gotta get some help he doesn't know any better and that's really what it comes down to is that he doesn't know any better and now we have this imaginary ghost in his head whispering things that's yeah or is it? Yeah. That's another question. Do you have any thoughts on, okay, first off, do you, what do you feel like? Do you feel like this is just a figment of Jack's imagination or do you feel like this is something entirely different? Something it's sinister. So it feels way too calculative, calculative, and manipulative, manipulative yeah. on point. It feels too much like Lucifer or some dickhead shit that the cosmic entity would do to fuck with him yeah it doesn't feel like the even the subconscious of a naive child would not be this well thought out if anything it might have been it would make more sense that he's like i hurt them i have to run away they're gonna hate me forever like that childish interpretation of when your parents are mad at you they're never gonna forgive me i drew on the wall no they're not gonna they're mad but they're not gonna not forgive you obviously this is far greater than that but the evil imaginary Lucifer, Lucifer feels way too thought out. It just evil. feels like someone's with, preying on someone who's exactly. in a current, who's currently in a weak state. And with the fact that the last episode had Lucifer walk through the breach and it had to do with Jack's blood being a part of the ritual, part of me thinks maybe he slipped through in some way and he's attached himself to Jack's mind. I don't know. Maybe I, like a, a portion of his presence wouldn't that, stayed we don't want to have Lucifer necessarily be the final villain. No, but wouldn't it be great if he could somehow whisper to Jack and drive him mad and his final kind of fuck you beyond in the empty was something to that effect. We know he can talk from there. Yeah. That would be a real dick move to drive a wedge between Jack and the Winchesters. Lucifer may have lost, but at least he took away Jack from them. You can't have my son. Maybe something to that effect. Yeah. I, I don't think it's Jack's subconscious. That feels too easy. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, there's a lot more to this episode, though, that I, I do have questions about. While I do like a lot of the guilt, a lot of the moral quandary that we find ourselves in, and the questions of where to go now, I I am a little confused or or not confused but more like well this feels like a patch job and the biggest the biggest egregious part is Mary an A plus patch job an A plus patch job but a patch job nonetheless that yeah. duct tape is not up to code <laughs> and 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 sadly that feels like the flashbacks with Mary 
the fact that and absolutely kudos to Barons for for putting it together in a way that worked when there wasn't much there but the fact is there felt like there wasn't much there prior to these flashbacks there weren't many of those heartfelt one-on-one moments with Mary seeing who she truly is not as the hunter we know Mary Campbell but as the mother figure Mary Winchester and after such a strong also written by him episode in season 12 in which Dean confronts him as the mother figure in their life. I I feel like these should have been there beforehand. These little segments. I mean, what do you, what are your, what is your take on that? It's kind of a hot button issue. I think for some people, are we moving into final thoughts or just my thoughts on, on the patchwork with Mary Winchester's uh, flashback? I would say whatever it falls into, whichever part of that concept falls into for you. Let's uh, wrap up final thoughts and, Jesus Christ. Okay. Like it, it's you bigger. asked me a question that they, <laughs> it's bigger than final thoughts, I think. Okay. Um, well, yes, I had issues with, with the Mary thing. I felt like it worked for this episode and it was done just fine. It was executed fine. Yeah. But I feel like Dab was or Barons was kind of pushed into a corner and he was given this episode and they're like, hey, you're gonna deal with the aftermath of Mary. And we already know if you're dealing with the death of Sam and Dean's mother. The figurehead you're dealing with, you know, there's so much symbolism that comes with that because of, you know, the Christian symbolism of mm-hmm. Mary. And we've always said that there's there's a worship there. It's very obvious. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for them not to give any type of emotional resolve in the following episode would feel really weird. And that's why last week I was like, no, she's not dead. There's no way. Right. Because she hasn't been in the season that much she really like, and, if you're, and if you're gonna try to kill off a major player she's not a ma- she's not a major lead character but she's a major player yeah. and she means a lot to our core characters so when you kill a character like that there's usually been a buildup. in fact look with uh with the death of charlie mm-hmm. look how they repaired her because they they created a great character at the beginning and then something happened where she just kind of got just became kind of not really interesting right but then towards the end we all loved her like holy shit this is the charlie we've been wanting and we both looked at each other i remember before Mm -hmm. it happened like she's gonna die this year yeah because they were really working on developing and developing giving her that screen time which you need because you need to care for the character and if they would have if they would have just killed charlie i probably would have cared but i ended up caring because a it was brutal how she died it meant a lot to the overall myth arc it pushed dean over the edge it needs to do something if you're going to kill someone off it needs to do something yeah. now i do feel like mary's death did something it's a it's a massive massive emotional motivator Oh, and it creates sure. a divide between Jack and the Winchesters. Perhaps it, the only thing that could. Yeah. So it does work. But the biggest problem I had was that it just didn't. There wasn't enough buildup to it. And poor Barons was left having to create all of the emotions that would justify the death of a main character. Um, overall, I really like this episode's direction and writing. I, I do feel like it's Nina's best work. I love to see Barons and her work together on an episode again in the future. They obviously connect well. Yeah, for sure they do. At a creative level, and it shows in episodes like this. I like the idea of using guilt, regret, consequence as the foundation or I guess theme of this episode. And it created consistency and 
and it connected other emotional aspects from earlier episodes of the season. I feel like Barron's did an A plus job writing this episode. I do feel like it was um, another soft reset opposed to a continuous fluid arc. Yeah. Honestly, like you said, it did feel like patchwork. It felt like Barron's was like, oh, fuck, I've got to write an episode about Mary's death during a season where Mary has been pretty much MIA. Oh, shit. How do you do that greatest hits album? How do I create an emotional baseline and make people care about Mary during a season when we really haven't seen much of her? So Barron's being the competent dude he is had to create the substance. He crafted some flashback sequences of things we've not seen by the way, in order mm-hmm. to create that emotional motivator or evoke an emotional response. So essentially he created a greatest hits compilation that was put together from several unreleased records. <laughs> That's true. And ultimately yeah. he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have had to no. do that. If they had known Mary was going to die all season, this goes back to having your entire story worked out before out. starting yeah. production on episode one. But because dad probably doesn't know or does not have his his season fully mapped out beforehand. Barron's knew he had to create it all in one episode. Yeah. And it's a shame, too, because you're right. It, you had to create a best hits with unreleased tracks. How yeah. that's not a good sign, yeah. truthfully. And it makes me look back at. You know, this isn't this isn't a end of season recap necessarily, but it makes me look back at some of the other parts of this season, some of the other episodes we've had. Just like Don't Go Into the Woods. If you know we're coming up to the end of Mary's story and we haven't seen these moments, the that we didn't see Mary etch into the table Mary Winchester right next to Sam and Dean Winchester. Yeah. And frankly, why wasn't John's there then too? If he was there for Lebanon, it makes me ask why did we have a monster of the week a a cool practical effects special heavy episode but why have that if i haven't seen these elements yet i shouldn't need to add them at the end to make it all work it is a credit to his ability that it did work but it's a shame that i too i too feel that dab didn't have this thought out prior to and i think it's things like that that show and I didn't have any problems whatsoever with this week's episode. I want to make that clear. The story was was just fine. The issues I did have are not problems because of the writer of the episode, but issues brought on by what seems like a sudden decision. And that's a myth arc problem. Yeah. It seems like Dab knew they were running on empty, as I said earlier, and they had killed their villain. And they needed to create that emotional motivator to go the distance. Okay, let's kill Mary. That should get us to episode 20. It it feels very ad hoc. Just, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Yeah. So an episode, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess all I can say is that an A episode, an A, I felt like it was an A plus episode, honestly, but so far, I can What's only. Your, what, your, from Barron's, it's an A plus. For the, yes. for the season, but it's. It, from a seasoned, let me restate my 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 last thought here. Okay, it's an A episode, but so far as it comes to the myth arc, it's a C. Yeah, because it feels like it just came out of left field. And again, I mean, Barons did a great job crafting this episode with the little he was given. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'll agree. I think that he did a great job with what he was given, but the fact that he, it, the, the fact that it felt like he, they had to come up with this rather than we naturally led here, right, is very jarring. Um, to me, it's a whether C plus B minus just because some of the other elements were really great. Some of the special effects were really great. But even then, I was scratching my head like, what is this giant omega purple death beam from space to bring back just a, a homunculus, this empty shell? And I definitely got some vibes from like Full Metal Alchemist fans out there where grief drives you to try and bring back something. And I was expecting something unhuman and twisted. And it just it wasn't that. But it does make me ask, okay, is this more of those cosmic consequences that by trying to do this, we're further fucking things up could there be something of that because they did create that scene that just it's it was stupendous it, it was, was just beautiful looking it felt it felt epic and, and unsettling i'm like oh there's gonna be some like malformed hideous monster that comes zombie back mary. to life zombie mary or something do you think there's still something that that, that can come of that? Or it do you think it's done? It was such a big to-do. It was a big deal that I thought there there has to be For something. just a standard resurrection yeah. that didn't... I felt like it had to be something. So I'm hoping that is part of those cosmic consequences. That's what I'm leaning towards. But truthfully, I couldn't tell you right now. And that's, then that alone is a little disappointing. What if Lucifer uses her body? Because they said her oh. body is a shell and it's empty. Couldn't support life. But what about if Lucifer is... If Hallucifer is the real thing and he slipped through, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, uh, an odd, odd mix of very well written and confusing from an, a season outline perspective. And I think this is a first for us in that respect. But we've, we've had a small little soft reboot and now we're going into the final two episodes I think it is time that we keep the new elements kind of limited and just stick to how does this all come to play and how, what does it mean? What does it all mean for our characters? Sam, Dean, Jack, and Castiel. So two episodes left, man. Fuck. Yeah. But we want to thank each and every one of you for listening to this episode of Supernatural The Crossroads. Stick with us for the final two of season 14. Then we'll have a season recap as a whole. And then we have to face a dreaded helatus. But we will thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. The Crossroads video cast is here. Retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, and geek outs. All available when you pledge $10 or more a month to our Patreon account. Same show, just more of it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to play. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.